0: Do it, let's be dead, here's to my sweet
1: Satan Shh Shh Let's be dead
0: Do it, Ozzy
1: was it, who could it possibly be? Was it, oh, I
0: don't know. Satan. Convinced that these hexes, that you were spells, that you were casting, worked. I was, and, and I do believe in the dark side. Most people think that, you know, black magic and witchcraft and stuff like that isn't real or it doesn't work. And, and I, I know that it works. Mustaine's fascination with the occult continued into his adulthood. I was doing a lot of blood packs with people. This is before we found out about AIDS. It was real simple stuff where you cut your thumb and you rub it with somebody else and become blood brothers. I don't want to make a spiritual covenant and mixing my life with somebody else. Who I don't know who they are, or how they are. The Bible said that blood is life. And like so many people Public we enemy. have met, Mustaine believes that he opened the door to, to the demonic dead. forces, dead. which had a profound impact on his life.
1: Remember that we covered in uh, the last session, we covered
2: in uh, a lot of the things about Pokemon, and we saw that a lot of things in Pokemon we also saw in witchcraft. Now we're going to look at a subject that covers
1: paganism, and it's in the form of a a toddler's show, and it's called Teletubbies.
0: All right.
2: All right. On that note
0: welcome to episode 44 of CFX the cultural future Futures exchange this one's called here's to my sweet Satan and uh this will be a fun one uh here at CFX we cover all sorts of things in the in the cultural uh milieu as it were and this is one that has been around for a long time especially in our in our uh in our childhood and and as we were growing up before we get into all that uh here just a reminder about what we're about here at CFX. Uh, This is the place where we examine different pieces of cultural ephemera, music, movies, TV, books, just cultural zeitgeist type stuff, which is what we're going to cover today. And we'll explain in a second what that is. And, uh, you know, get into the uh, valuation sort of thing, Uh, the valuation now, valuation then, what we think it's going to be like in the future, that kind of thing. This one will be a little bit different than the usual fare but if you've been with us through our other 43 episodes plus you'll kind of get the idea so if it's weird don't worry about it what we're talking about today is even weirder but i will turn it over to slip to explain what we're about today
2: yeah so i think this episode is like one of our I don't know. I sometimes call them bullshit episodes, but they're fun. Like, you know, our infomercial episode we did 11 episodes ago, our AM Gold episode, our, our game show episode, right?
0: Sorry, the devil made me do that for a oh, second. Oh shit.
2: Yeah. I I you you guys, we're going to warn you here. You know, we're dealing with a uh, Satanism here in music and pop culture, but really it's a focus on backmasking. But I think what's going to happen during the show is, is, you know, things may go awry, you know, things may, may happen. Uh, demons may, I'm just going to warn you that, you know, if, if something happens during the show that seems unexpected or, you know maybe your lights flicker or blink on it could be demons interfering because they don't want us to get this message across
0: or you're actually entertained by what we're doing that would be that's
2: true that's true (laughs) so anyway just to yeah this is again we're going to focus mostly on back masking because we we, originally we're going to do something on the satanic panic but that's kind of too big we'll mention it obviously it's important in the history but the other thing is of course the satanic panic never really went away we're in the midst of another one right now with all the QAnon bullshit. But anyway, we're going to talk about, yeah, backward masking. We're also going to straighten this whole God and Satan thing out for you, you know, so you understand it. Um, at any rate, so, you know, again, we're starting from a point of our childhood where, you know, the Christian Christians started looking into music and discovering all of these hidden satanic messages and Satanism and music and, you know, the devil trying to put in backward messages or and or artists intentionally doing so. So we're going to go over this. We're going to have some fun with it. Um, So why don't we just go into personal histories? And I think as we do our personal histories, you're going to understand more, especially mine is crazy because I have some interesting stuff. But, um, Jeff, why don't you start it out?
0: Yeah, I'll start it off by talking about um, the music that, you know, where I was first exposed to these sort of ideas, uh, really one was the, sort of the music I was listening to in the early 80s and mid 80s including the music made by um the guy you heard in the intro Dave Mustaine who's clearly just lost his fucking mind but we'll get yeah, into that it's pretty
2: crazy right I mean yeah. I found that I was like holy shit he has completely lost it
0: yeah I mean I don't ever think he was any kind of you know Algonquin round table type scholar intellectual or anything, but I mean, Jesus Christ. Anyway, (laughs) see what I do. Anyway, so the music I was listening to at the time was the stuff we've been talking about on the show, right? Stuff like Iron Maiden, uh, Dio, Holy Diver, Ozzy, Black Sabbath, Judas Priest, and Motley Crue, and those sort of things. And of course, satanic themes were, uh, you know, played around with with all of those artists, mostly jokingly, um, kind of in the case of Iron Maiden, certainly Dio. Ozzy, yes, but probably from a marketing point of view. I don't think Ozzy has enough, you know, brain cells to put together any kind of agenda about anything. Um, Judas Priest, touching on the topics, but definitely not uh, you know, with a lot of seriousness until it became really serious for them in their the lawsuit that we will uh be talking about at some point here in the show. And then Motley Crue, we talked about on the on the Too Fast for Love episode with Shout Out the Devil, and how that was probably talk, you know king of idiots you know didn't really have any agenda but we're just using it as a essentially a marketing uh scheme more or less um my friends and i who are listening to this music really didn't pay much attention to that other than it was like a, a cartoon character um certainly on iron maiden number of the beast the, the cover was a great cover that has eddie kind of uh with the with the devil uh, as a you know kind of puppeteer sort of thing, we just thought it was funny. We, we I mean, I don't think we definitely didn't ascribe any cult meaning to it or, or, or occult meaning to it. Um, we didn't really think about it other than it was just kind of like characters in a story kind of thing. At least that was my perception. Um, we we thought it was uh, you know pretty much just a goof, um, which I still do. Although there's a lot of people who don't. And I think that the significance to those people is a lot different. And we'll probably talk about that. Myself, I'm an atheist, so I don't really, and I've always been pretty much. So I don't really ascribe any religious significance to it. And I think it's all just kind of the stories, interesting stories, or sometimes not interesting stories. So I never really thought much about it until it became a much bigger thing where you heard, um, you know, people talking about it in the media, like you know the PMRC type things and the the church religious people talking about it and all that kind of stuff. And I was like, really? This is what you're gonna focus your time on? This is pretty dumb, but it doesn't didn't really ever have much of a impact to me. And my goofing on it really continued up in until to this day, but even in college, we'll talk a little bit about um, later uh, a funny experience that uh, Slip and I and, I and uh, our friend Craig had uh related to going to see somebody related to this story so that's oh yeah it. this
2: is awesome we'll talk about that. i'll bring that up at my thing and we'll just discuss it because yeah. jeff was a big part of that but my question to you man yeah. is like so you're a kid you know you're buying all these tapes and shit you're wearing like t-shirts with devil shit on it yeah. or whatever what did your parents think about all this
0: i'm sure they probably didn't think it, it was the greatest thing in the world but for the most part I mean, I kind of grew up in an environment of what I'd call benign neglect. I don't think my parents really paid much attention to what I was doing. And I certainly wasn't taking any of the devil stuff seriously. So I don't think there was any concern. I I think they looked at all the stuff I was listening to just like, oh, what is this Iron Maiden Dio? Yeah. Like uh, whatever. It's just, you know, these weird cartoon figures. I mean, how could anyone look at Ronnie James Dio and anything other than smile? He's not really a, threatening figure or anything like that iron maiden i think is a little different and and it's funny because i think you told the story about how you were scared of run to the hills when you were a kid oh Uh, yeah
2: i just thought these guys are gonna bully me you know (laughs) like like they're kind of these tough mean guys and this is what all the all the all the kind of old metal guys in the school like and they were like jerks yeah it wasn't like you know like i was like they were kind of metal nerds like you know i would consider you probably to be that way or me now you know these kind of you know, normal guys, whatever. But then there were these big guys who looked like they were way too old to be in high school. They had yeah, facial like Cliff, hair They looked already. like Cliff Burton. Yeah. It's kind of like the yeah. older guy that Beavis and Butthead worship. Yeah. I forget the guy's character's Todd, name. I think. What is it? What
0: Todd is, it? Or, is it Todd or is Todd the woman? Todd Whitton or something
2: kid? like that. But he's got a mu- muscle car and he beats mm-hmm. on them and shit. And they're just like, they have like little hearts around yeah, their head. Totally. You know, <laughs> that that's kind of like what the guys in my school were like. So as I mentioned, my dad was was pretty much not religious. My mom was sort of religious. But what ended up happening to me is, of course, you know, it's weird because my first rock that I was into was Led Zeppelin. And I never really so knew about this. You know, I never knew about Jimmy Page's background and what he was into and the whole Stairway to Heaven thing yet. You know, I learned about that in a bit and I'll get into that. Um, but what ended up happening is I had this friend in sixth grade named George Wood so I was listening to Led Zeppelin ACDC I was starting to get into Van Halen you know I was starting to get into all this stuff um and my friend George Wood was the son of a reverend and he invited me you know probably out of concern for my soul so George was like the smartest kid in our class he was he was like kind of the you know I was pretty smart you know I was up there but he was the smartest and he always would get like whatever the equivalent of sixth grade valedictorian was, that's kind of what he was, right? He was smart and I was friends with him. We were, you know, in the Oliver musical together. I played Artful Dodger, he played Fagin. Uh, so it was like, we were kind of these dorks. And, but I had this thing where I was into this music he wasn't really into. And it was also because he was Christian. So he invited me to this thing at his church where this guy, this expert and quote unquote, came to talk about Satanism and music. This was a profound experience for me. It was at night. Um, and the guy did get up on stage and he gets up on stage. He's wearing a white suit, white tie, white shirt, everything in white, like an angel, except that he had a big afro. He looked like, like Mr. Rourke, Kevin.
0: right? He kind of that he,
2: he, he had a suit like Mr. Rourke, but no, no black tie. It was all white. I see. Um, because obviously that's more angelic and stuff, but he looked like Kevin Cronin of fucking Ario Speedwagon, this guy. Nice. Kind of a Leo Sayer Kevin Cronin looking dude. So this guy gets up there. And he's got a slideshow and he's going to show it to us. And he basically said, you know, demon, just like I said, in our podcast, demons may start, you know, fucking with the film because they don't want us to get this message across. And, and of course, I'm in sixth grade. I'm stupid. I don't fucking know anything. So this guy starts talking about shit and he talks about Hotel California, which we'll mm. get into. Uh, he talks about Stairway to Heaven. He plays the Stairway to Heaven backwards. He talks about... um Uh, you know, uh, he shows stuff like ACDC, they'll cover cover the Highway to Hell. Um, And what's interesting is he actually shows a picture of Van Halen, which very clearly has the VH logo, and it's just this publicity photo of them. And he's all, this is Led Zeppelin. And I raised my hand because I wanted to correct him. So what's weird is, I'm sitting there being affected by this, but part of me knows this guy doesn't know what he's talking about. He's like mislabeling this band. You know, he's not an expert, quote unquote. And then he also played a little bit of Sympathy for the Devil. And there's some grunts and, and stuff at the beginning of Sympathy for the Devil to, by the Stones, by the Rolling Stones, of course, that kind of set the mood, right? And of course, we know the Sympathy for the Devil is really a political allegory. It's 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 more of a, a song about history and politics. It's not, it's, it's the Devil is sort of an allegory for it. But we do know that the Stones were, you know, involved in some with some of that stuff. So we'll get into that a little bit in the history. But but he was saying, oh, they recorded like these these Haitian rituals, these zombie rituals. And that was what was the the sounds. And I don't know if that's true, um, but we'll find out a lot of what people say about Hotel California and stuff like that is completely false. Um, and so I, you know, I assumed it was true, but this guy had scared the shit out of me. So when I got home, I told my mom I wanted to burn all my records. I had Beggar's Banquet. I had. ACDC I had Led Zeppelin I had all these albums and I wanted to burn all of them and get rid of them you know (laughs) I was completely freaked out that lasted about a day or two and then I kind of came to my senses but it's like weird my wife is like how could you be so stupid (laughs) you know to believe this and I was like I was 12 and she's like I was 12 you know I was atheist I didn't believe any of the shit but I was like kind of in between and confused and stuff also around this time I I happened to flick the channel and see this Trinity Broadcasting Network. It was on one of the UHF channels, and it was this couple – I think I forget the guy's name. I'm sorry, uh, you know, but there were they were like a couple who were really weird looking kind of an old guy and this weird woman, kind of Tammy Faye, like with this purple gray hair and all this makeup. And they had this guy on who was kind of like a long haired guy. And he was he was like, yeah, I used to be into rock and roll. And and now I've come, you know, I got saved and I found, you know, I found out all the drugs and Satan and rock and roll. And so I'm going to talk about it. And he played Stare to Heaven backwards to its meaning he also talked about the lyrics forward which i'm going to get to in my kind of discussion section it's kind of an eval section that we do right and um you know and of course they were talking about like he-man cartoons on another one and you know i played that clip of pokemon this is how in teletubbies this is how stupid this fucking shit gets so i was completely uh at this point i was kind of like yeah this is kind of stupid um but it's funny because he's like this guy who's like, I am a rock- I used to be into rock and roll. He's like the kind of guy who was like, Yeah, I used to be into rock and roll like three dog night. You know, it's yeah. like it's like he's these guys are never never cool. They were never really into it, you know. But anyway, he he did this whole presentation. We'll play a clip of that later. Um, and then I remember later. So again, I I was not as into this stuff. As I mentioned, I was kind of getting into metal and I kind of got out of it for a while it didn't have to do with this it had to do with me getting into classic rock so I was always into Led's Up and they were probably my favorite band for like 10 years straight and I got really into Pink Floyd who were also playing around with this stuff and you know I got into classic rock so I got out of it but I remember in the 80s there was sort of a kind of backlash by rock musicians again There was a backlash by Frank Zappa and, you know, Dee Snider and others uh, against the PMRC, but there was also kind of a making fun of this stuff. And one thing I remember is this film, Trick or Treat, from 1986. And this film starred Mark Price, who played Skippy on Family Ties. Did you ever see this movie, dude? I don't don't think so. It's fucking amazing. So we're going to play the trailer to this movie, because this is actually about backward masking. It's like a horror parody of this. So anyway...
1: Wake up, sleepyhead. It's body dirt! Rock and roll will never die. At least not this Halloween. you have heard of raising spirits from the dead by incantations, right? Yes. I, I did that by playing the record backwards. you kidding. Sammy Kerr. He's a rock and roll nightmare. I am a big fan of yours. I've got all your records. Shut up. you the the is you. This message What's meant for me. How can you listen to this stuff? Rock and roll. Lock it up in the sand. Hey, shut it up. To your stereo, I wanted a new one, Sammy Kerr. His fans won't let him die, he won't let them live. Uh, You should be loyal to your hero,
0: make it turn on you.
1: Treat. Looks like we better check out the party punch.
0: Best picture nominee.
2: Yeah, it's funny. It's not available anywhere. I think you might be able to watch the full movie on YouTube in some bootleg farm, but it's not on streaming. I would love to see it again. But yeah, basically the plot is, you know, Skippy, uh, Mark Price. He basically plays um a record backwards and it's it's it, you know it's like what if nikki 6 had died of heroin ad- addiction and someone played a record backwards and then nikki 6 came back from the grave and started murdering everyone you know that's basically what it's like but what's funny about this movie too is Ozzy Osbourne is in it and mm. he actually plays a right wing preacher in the movie so it's it's kind of worth seeing if you can ever get it i'm not sure why it's not available because i remember seeing it at the time i didn't see it in the theater i saw it on vi- video me and my friends rented it as a goof and it was kind of fun so anyway that's the 80s with the whole backward stuff so by this time i'd definitely grown out of it but i i kind of still had a kind of morbid obsession with this stuff i thought it was funny and in the early 90s um This guy, Bob Larson, so you can look him up. He is actually a preacher who does exorcisms and all this stuff. And he talks about Satan in the schools and all this stuff. And, you know, the the satanic panic, you know, in the 80s was basically this phenomenon where, you know, it started with this book in 1981 called Michelle Remembers. And, you know, it was this woman remembering with the help of a psychiatrist and hypnosis, remembering her abusive uh, parents who were, of course, Satanists. And there was all these rumors of satanic cabals, which may sound familiar to some of you. And, uh, you know, as we record this in 2023, um, that were basically, there's there rampant Satanism in our on, in just our suburbs and and parents were having these rituals where they would molest kids and sacrifice kids and animals and all this stuff. And, and people actually believed this for a while and it was a phenomenon. And we'll talk a little bit more about that in the history. But this guy, Bob Larson, was part of that, you know, and he was really into this and he was like had a radio show and stuff like that. So he did this tour and Jeff and Craig, who we mentioned Craig before. um, And it's funny because Craig also we also had this time where Craig did have this uh, software on his Mac where he was playing the clips of Stairway to Heaven backwards. And we actually do you remember this? Yeah, we yeah, we actually tested people. We actually had like, I don't know if it was his roommate or someone else who came in the room and we said, what does this say? And we played the part with here's to my sweet Satan and none of them could say what it said. None of, and we'll have a clip that, you know, um, from Simon Singh that talks about this phenomenon, right? What, whether backward masking actually works and whether it actually really you could identify without knowing what it is. But when we told them what it is, they of course could hear it, right? Right. Once you knew what it was supposed to say. So anyway, as that was all part of this, right? At that era. And then we went to see Bob Larson. And I remember this. It was crazy. It was like this little, I don't even remember where it was. It was some little hall. And, it was um, like the,
0: you know, some kind of like civic center town yeah, hall. like the oh, civic
2: okay. center. And oh. i the thing I remember the most is when we were sitting there, there were these two dudes who were kind of these big guys, these lugs. And they had these like homemade... Uh, like, uh, I guess you would say like a sweat, uh, like a sweat suit, but it was like just the jacket and on the back they had put like cheap, like, uh, iron on letters that said, hell is for wimps. Yeah. There were two of those dudes. And I remember, um, I was making sexual innuendo jokes about Bob Larson's like one of the women who was like in a flower print dress and how I was kind of horny for, for this woman, Um, but I don't remember much else about it. Do you remember anything else about it?
0: I just remember us, you know, going there and goofing on it. And yeah, we were
2: having, we were like, like biting our lips, not trying not to laugh as he talked about Satan and shit because It was so ridiculous.
0: I mean, I think Craig shouted something out at one point and like Bob responded to it. You know, something like that's no joke or something like that. I, I don't remember exactly what it was, but we were. We were there as, you know, snarky college students just to take goof on it. And it was, I don't know. I thought it was a big, I thought it was funny. In retrospect, there's a bunch of really misguided people there. I'm sure those same people continue to be misguided. And to this day, if they're still with us, are continuing to be just gems of humanity. But the, yeah, I just remember just thinking, it's like, people really take this seriously. And, and it was a little bit shocking to me because... Kind of like what I was saying in the in my intro part about my personal history, I just thought I was though I I never took it as anything other than like again a kind of a cartoon character that exists, um you know out there to just kind of represent one side of a narrative, not anything a cult, not anything that actually had any physical or spiritual manifestations or any of that kind of stuff. So I you know it was not as impactful for me kind of one in one ear at the other, if you know what I mean.
2: Right. So the other thing, of course, I got into during this time was the chick pamphlets. Right, yeah, you see those chick these comics, little chick comics, yeah. and they're so hilarious. I mean, there's great ones about how D and D is satanic, you know, yeah. and kids are playing D and D, and there's this evil, you know, totally Elvira esque uh, woman who leads the group. But that'd be like my fantasy dungeon master. It never mm-hmm. happened in real life. It's always some nerd, you know. Yes, Mike. Um, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's got this older woman who's doing that. And of course, as you play D&D, you, you, you start to do real spells and then you get, you know, it, it's all just, you know, when you're doing magic spells in D&D, it's actually really worshiping Satan and creating real spells. Of course, you know that. And then there it's funny, I was in a band for a while. I was playing drums with a couple of friends and we just would go to a practice room and practice. We never played live or anything. And one of the guys uh, is actually his name was Chris Cornell. Funnily enough, but it's not that Chris Cornell. Yeah. He played guitar and he was by far the most talented of us. He not had not some the spoon,
0: not Spoon Man, a different one.
2: Not Spoon Man, no. Um, he wasn't that quite that talented. <laughs> but but anyway, so there was we were trying to come up with a band name, and there was one of these chick comics called The Green Angels. And what the Green Angels was, was kind of criticizing Christian rock as kind of a sellout. And so it was kind of a parody or a I guess, a commentary on bands like Striper, Mm -hmm. right? Who would use Christianity like Striper, you know, of course was the Christian band of the, of the eighties. And, and they would throw out Bibles to their audience. And there was some kind of verse in the Bible where they, you know, had the stripes of, like a bee or something, it just made no sense. But anyway, the hell so this so down. the Green Angels was like this guy, you know, the Green Angels. They're capitalizing on Christianity to make money, so that's why they're green for money. And we that was kind of a silly name, but we had that was kind of our name for a while. We we didn't go very far, but anyway, we did that. And then um, I remember getting this book, you know, because I was starting to this stuff was funny to me, and I had a friend Aaron who Margozzi, who he'd grown up super Christian. He had grown up actually Russian Orthodox and he had had a really religious childhood. He like he could he could out like if you had a Christian come to your house and try to tell you about the Bible, he could out Bible them like he knew the Bible back to front. But he was really into this kind of right wing Christian stuff and he thought it was funny. And so I got this book called like Dancing with Demons by this guy, Jeff Godwin. I love that name. That must be a pseudonym Godwin, you Mm -hmm. know. But anyway, this book was so crazy. It talked about like how Phil Collins and shit was satanic. Of course, it, it was like it was like Sue was some satanist <laughs> thing. You know, it was like even the most like Whitney Houston was satanic. Like everything was satanic. But what well, the funniest thing to me was that it was more up to date. So it talked about rap, and when rap guys would do these hand movements, that was conjuring demons. Mm. Like Snoop Dogg was conjuring demons. So it was really funny. So anyway funny story from this time so my friend Aaron he was an avid record collector and he loved metal and he loved you know he loved like kind of early 70s rock and he was looking for this album by this band Black Widow which we're going to play in a minute Black Widow was more of a folky kind of Jethro Toll style band but they were super satanic so we'll talk about which bands were satanic and which weren't Black Widow was like a gimmick right they would They would basically in the early 70s, they they weren't around for very long, but they actually had a stage show where they would have a topless girl lay on the stage and they would do this whole mimicking sacrifice and stuff like that. So they were pretty fucking satanic. And we'll play a a clip from them in a minute that actually kind of shows you how they were. Um, But anyway, uh, so he was looking for a vinyl copy of their first album, Sacrifice, which is, you know, I have now on vinyl, but it was hard to find at the time. And he had gone to eBay to find this. And he was in a bidding war with this guy. And he kept trying to, you know, outbid him. And he eventually kind of texted him and said, you know, he figured out who he was. And it turned out it's this guy, Eric Holmberg, who you're going to hear from later. Eric Holmberg is like a Christian guy who made a video called Hell's Bells that's like what I talked about with the TBN broadcast where they did the about this is an Afro priest guy. This is like the citizen Kane of that shit. It's like this in-depth Christian analysis of Satanism and music. And the guy is actually really well-spoken, but of course he's nuts, but he wanted the black widow for research. You know, he wanted to use it for his videos. And, um, so he, um, he, Aaron emailed him and said, you know, I have the CD. If you just want the CD, I, I'm willing to, t- to trade you for the album. So Aaron – because Aaron wanted the vinyl because he cared about the music. This guy just wanted it for, you know, to play on his uh, anti-satanic video. So that was a true story. And then, of course, once we heard about Eric Holmberg, I immediately had to order the video. And, uh, you know, I – it's funny. I've driven my wife crazy by watching this shit because she just gets mad about it. Um, but anyway, because they're so dumb. But it, th- this guy – we'll play a little clip from him later it's it's pretty hilarious stuff but anyway i want to play black widow because it's amusing as hell. So this is come to the Sabbath.
1: Come to the Sabbath, Satan Sabbath, come, come, come to the Sabbath, come to the Sabbath, Satan's there come, come, come to the Sabbath, come to the Sabbath, Satan's there come, come, come to the Sabbath, come to the Sabbath, Satan
2: there come, come, come to the Sabbath, come to the Sabbath, Satan. Anyway, you get the idea. I I think the funniest thing about this is they're so happy about this. You know, it's like, hey, guys, we're going to go to this thing, the Sabbath. And guess what? Even better. Fucking Satan is coming. You know, it's like. Are you kidding me? Like
0: Satan's actually
2: going to show up? Yeah, man. I know. It's dude. It's not just any party. It's like fucking Satan himself. You know, it's just going to go down.
0: Satan's going to roll.
2: Yeah, yeah, exactly. So anyway, I I'm a fan of this album a lot. It's a fun album. It's kind of folky. It's it's so weird because it's so wimpy in a way compared to shit like Sabbath, but it's actually much more satanic and we'll get into that in the history a little bit. But anyway, the other thing, of course, that I uh, was into is this band called Coven witchcraft coven now you may have heard of them because they did the theme to billy jack one tin soldier which is their biggest hit but their first album is a completely satanic i i think of this stuff as satan exploitation. <laughs> you know they're really just kind of doing stuff to get attention and shock value and witchcraft coven uh you know uh i think it's called destroys minds and reaps souls the album i actually have this on vinyl and the when you open the album it's the lead singer is named uh Jinx Dawson, and she's kind of this hot blonde woman, and she's naked on a slab, and the other members of the band are about to like perform a satanic ritual. And the whole second side of the album is a just a satanic mass. It's like just them doing a fake satanic mask, and they're like, Lord Lucifer, you know, we we sacrifice unto thee. And the first side is kind of like almost like I want to say Jefferson airplane style music. They have a song called black Sabbath and it's like her voice. She's very much like grace slicks. So it's not even heavy, but it's extremely satanic, but they, they did this as kind of exploitation. They kind of, you know, they didn't last very long, but they reunited. And I saw them about five years ago, four years ago at the great American music hall and she's like super old now in her 70s, but they do all this whole thing and then they just sing the songs. They don't re- they didn't really do the satanic mass, but they've got like little screen of goat heads and shit behind yeah. them. And it's it's almost just like watching an old horror movie, like a hammer film. You know, it's yeah. fun. Um, and then, of course, you know, black metal is also overly satanic. So. Uh, you guys are getting musket the feel that I really love Satan because I've seen the black metal, the classic black metal band Mayhem, two times. Um, I saw them once at a, play, a club in San Francisco called the Covered Wagon, and once at the Masonic Hall or whatever. Um, I forget the name of the hall. They, they don't have concerts there anymore, but I saw well, them twice. You have been accused them... of
0: uh, conjuring demons on occasion, so that's not surprising. That's true. That's true.
2: Yeah. Uh, but anyway, I, I mean, I saw them and I was kind of into that stuff for a, a little while. It's not my favorite kind of metal by any means. I don't really listen to it now. But Mayhem is well known because Euronymous, one of the guys in Mayhem, was murdered by another guy in Mayhem who later formed the band Burzum. And I think he's he was, you know, because he murdered a guy. So he might have been in jail for like 20 years in Norway. They don't, you know, if you murder someone, you go to jail in Europe. It's like 20 years. You know, here you'll get the death penalty or life, but there it's just like I don't know. I don't know if he's still in jail. He might be still in jail, and I forget his name. Sorry, I get I get the names mixed up. And then the singer dead of mayhem, the original singer committed suicide, and of course these guys burned down churches and all this shit. You know, you can read that in Lords of Chaos, the book. Um, but anyway, they re, you know they got together. The remnants of them got together and they toured the states and made a few more albums, and it was it was a fun show. But they passed around this cow's head. And it was funny because my friend Aaron was all like, Yeah, let's go see him. And I was almost scared to see them. I'm like, what's gonna happen? You know, these guys are kind of scary. But it's like they threw around this des- this cow's head that was just stripped of its skin. It was disgusting. The people in the crowd were throwing it around like a beach ball. So this is some of this stuff is real, folks, you know. Um, but anyway. Uh, it was an amusing and then I saw them again and and it was a bigger venue and it was different, but um it was part of another metal, there were some other metal bands there too. Um, but anyway, so yeah, of course, that's the his that's my personal history. I have a lot of stuff with this stuff. And uh, you know, just a brief mention. Obviously, satanic panic never really went away. We still have it in the form of QAnon now. You know, obviously, periodically, I'd say every few decades we have some kind of panic like this we had the salem witch trials we obviously have had you know the jews always come back you know people are always persecuting them and thinking they're drinking blood of babies and shit Mm. and then you have like stuff like the you know the 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 fucking um blacklist and all that stuff in the 50s is a kind of modern thing so i mean that that's kind of the history of of my personal history it's kind of a lot um but as far as the zeitgeist goes, let's get back to the, the matter at hand, which is backmasking. So obviously, the zeitgeist of this is this whole idea that there could be such a thing as subliminal messaging, which we'll talk about. Does that e- Is that even possible? Does that work? This whole idea that if there's a hidden message backwards, somehow your subconscious mind hears it, which again, how does that make sense? I don't know. Um, Satanism, obviously the whole idea of Satanism. We'll get into that. We'll, we'll solve that puzzle. Uh, the devil in music, right. Go, starting from Robert Johnson at the crossroads to, you know, uh, fucking black metal, you know, uh, satanic panic and televangelism in, in, um, you know, the eighties, as we mentioned, uh, uh, Ouija boards, you mentioned, Jeff, Right. The whole idea of a Ouija board.
0: Yeah. Did those you ever were, have a Ouija board? I think I did. Uh, you know, they used to be sold as like board games. You could buy them at Toys R Us even. You yeah. Know what it's I mean? like
2: part of the board game section. It was yeah. just a board game.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I remember, I mean, I remember, you know, people talking about those and, and playing around with those. Um, we had, I think I had it or some of my friends had it, had it and we were playing around with it and people would like, the whole idea with it is it's kind of like this group psychology thing. That's that play where everybody has their hand on, you know, the little Ouija board device, and it spells out stuff. It's called like, a planchette. Yeah, okay. it's called a
2: planchette. Yeah. yeah, I
0: don't even know. And I would just find it amusing because you know, there's always some joker who would try to steer it yeah. to spell out like. There's balls. one person
2: who who's like, I'm gonna be that person who like yeah, that was totally me. moves it.
0: Yeah, and so I would always spell out like farts or balls or something like that. It's yeah, like, yeah, that, that was
2: Jeff. Yeah. That no, was, so, Jeff was the demon. Yeah, he
0: was yeah, possessed. Yeah. The, I w- I would always thought when I'd watch other people do it and they're like, oh my God, look what it's spelling out. Like, it's just so dumb. You could just see what was happening. So I don't know, not being a believer myself, I just saw right through what was going on there. But I do remember having an uncle who, when he heard, or I had mentioned Maybe he even saw at our house that we had a Ouija board. He was very upset. He's like, no, you need to get that rid of that immediately. That just leads to all sorts of ridiculous shit. But he was probably believing like, you know, the fact that, you know, p- playing Dungeons and Dragons and all that kind of stuff leads people to the dark side instead of leads them to smoking weed and hanging out and having a good time. That's um, right. That's right. I would actually argue that Dungeons and Dragons uh, keeps people out of trouble you know, uh, by keeping them in their mom's basement,
2: right? Exactly, exactly.
0: So yeah, that's the story with Ouija boards. It was just another part of this story.
2: Obviously the PMRC, yeah. Uh, which could probably have its own CFX episode because it covers so much ground. But one of the, you know, one of the things that the PMRC pointed out besides like sexual and drug references and music was they had an occult rating, which yeah. I always thought was kind of suspect for a government sponsored thing to care about religion. Uh, but at any rate, they had an occult rating and they talk about backward masking as well, or back masking backward masking is something else. If you look up on Wikipedia, it's actually called backmasking, is what we're talking about. So history let's we'll start at the very beginning. you know obviously in the beginning there was God and God um you, you know created the earth and the heavens and and he created these angels and one of these angels was named Lucifer and um somehow Lucifer went bad and then he went down he fell from heaven because he got too egotistical and he became this enemy of Satan, an um, enemy of God and we call him Satan and all this. and somehow this thing that was created by God, is in a war with God. Mm. So God is all powerful and yet this thing he created is in a war with him on somehow equal footing like it, for our souls and somehow Satan controls the world. Like okay. again makes no sense. Um I mean you can understand how people you know, at any rate, uh, who believe the world is 6,000 years old might believe something like this, but anyway, good and evil in Mm. religion has always been around. Right. And sometimes it's kind of like Kali and like the Hindu religion where, you know, it's a necessary force. It's like, kind of like creation versus destruction and, you know, whatever. Right. It's, it's just part of life, but in, in the Christian religion, it kind of evolved from this, from, from this to maybe something more, where it's more of an adversarial relationship. Uh so it starts out in Genesis, right? We have like the serpent, but again, keep in mind the serpent isn't called Satan in Genesis at all. So you so these earlier tales, you know, don't really talk about Satan. And originally, in in, you know, I did some research, and and you know, originally Satan in Hebrew was called Ha Satan, which is the Satan. And basically Satan was like God's prosecuting attorney. Mm. You know, it wasn't like an evil. It was like something God created. And it was almost like God's Perry Mason. You know, it wasn't like the enemy of God. So that's what's interesting. The uh, around this time when Judaism was first starting, there was another religion called Zoroastrianism. It was the first mono really the first probably along with Judaism, one of the first monotheistic religions and you guys might have heard of that because that was freddie mercury's religion yeah. or his family's religion right he grew he was middle eastern he his family worshipped uh worshipped zoroastrian gods uh Mazda and and the devil in zoroastrian there was a devil called angra mainu so i think if you play queen records backwards they don't say satan they talk about Angra Minu, you know i don't know well, but austin anyway
0: powers in austin powers dr evil had a uh, uh, Zoroastrian handler who ritually shaved his testicles. Oh, Uh,
2: wow. Yeah.
0: Wow. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, so, so
2: supposedly, according to the gods at Wikipedia, Zoroastrianism influenced Judaism to make Satan more of a devil. And the first time we really get exposed to Satan is in the book of Job. And so this whole thing where... Job is going to be tested by God, but he's actually kind of tested by Satan. So it's almost like God is like saying, Satan, why don't you test this guy to see if he's worshiping me enough? So it's kind of a weird, weird thing. Right. Um, But anyway, so interestingly enough, another surprising thing was you'd think in the medieval times that Satan would be like this big deal. Yeah. You know, as soon as medieval times, Satan would be everyone would be talking about Satan. They really weren't. Satan was more of a fool. Yeah. Like, so in plays, Satan was almost like the jester, right? It was almost a comical thing. And my wife actually said when she went to Europe, like into, she went to Czechoslovakia in the early nineties, right? When thing you know, the, the kind of wall came down and all that. And she said, there's like little comical devils everywhere. Like they love the devil. It's like yeah. just the clown. It's kind of like the goofy devil on number of the beast. Right. I mean, so it wasn't, like, the scary thing. But then, of course, as the Renaissance came and all this, we had this backlash, you know, kind of uh, religious excess having a backlash in the form of, like, the Puritans and shit. So we had, like, the Salem witch trials, right? And that's when the devil was really big and supposedly uh, influencing young girls. And really, these young girls were were really just lying and, you know, getting yeah. back at people and shit. Now... So, of course, we've had this happen again and again in history, and we'll talk about it more. But there is actual Satanism, which almost seems more of a kind of intellectual reaction to Christianity. And, of course, one of the guys we'll talk about is Aleister Crowley. You know, he'll figure into the story of Led Zeppelin. And, of course, Ozzy has a song, Mr. Crowley. Uh, But what's interesting is, just like with anything there is a kernel of truth to all this backmasking stuff. And one of the interesting things I found out is that Alistair Crowley, one of his rituals that he would have his magic practice. So he had books about magic, how to do magic. And really it was like a lot of sex and drugs and, you know, it was really just him having fun with people and stuff um, and fucking with the mainstream. Right. So he was kind of a rebel, but he would actually have people listen to records backwards and play records backwards. I mean, as soon as, Thomas Edison invented the phonograph The one of the first things Thomas Edison did was play the I don't know if it was a wire spool or whatever backwards and was like, oh, this sounds weird. Um, But anyway, Aleister Crowley, that was one of the things in his book, Magic Four. He instructed his practitioners to play records backwards and. And another thing is one of his followers, Alan Bennett, Bennett, would recite the Lord's Prayer backwards. If you think about this, this is really just fucking with Christianity. And it's kind of like the upside down cross, right, that Black Sabbath used and other other groups used as a kind of anti-Christian thing, right? So, uh, you know, obviously he was kind of a prankster in a way and kind of just a you know, an intellectual who fucked with things. And we'll get to him more when we talk about Jimmy Page. But but obviously, a lot of well, the other thing that people will think about with Satanism is, of course, Anton LaVey, right? He was, Anton LaVey was an organist who played in bars. He was kind of a carnival huckster. And he created this Satanist religion, which was really just kind of a libertarian ethos where it was, it was like hedonism and libertarianism. You know, it was a lot about sex and a lot about just doing what you want, kind of similar to Crowley, but more lighthearted. And he was just kind of this crazy San Francisco, you know, there's always been San Francisco kooks and he was kind of this San Francisco kook. He would walk around, he had a pet panther and he would walk around with this panther. And of course he had this great look with the bald hair and the huge goatee and, and he attracted a lot of celebrities at the time, like Sammy Davis Jr., uh, fame and um jane mansfield were part of his satanist religion but it was really just an excuse to have orgies i think sammy was just you know he was super into porn at the time and yeah who knows he was just fucking and stuff um <laughs> and at any rate yeah so so again anton Levey is not really to be taken serious we'll talk a little bit more about him there's there's an interesting guy um his name is uh akino i forget his first name he he was a former Uh, kind of colleague of, of Anton LaVey and he formed this thing called the Temple of Set and what's interesting about him, Michael Aquino, and what's interesting about him is he actually worked with the CIA. So there's all these little things that kind of kernels of kind of, wow, that's interesting or suspicious that you'll find that could probably lead people to believe some of this shit. Uh, you know, the, but the, the the connections between Michael and Aquino and, and, and intelligence are really tenuous. You know, they're not they're not like smoking guns, you know. Anyway, so as far as that's and then, of course, we got to talk about some of the stuff in the early 70s with horror. And the main thing is, of course, The Exorcist, which we will revisit um, because it's such a powerful film and because it's been so influential. But The Exorcist does use subliminal imagery. Uh, There is the face of Pazuzu that comes up in a dream sequence uh, that Father Karras has that is actually um, Linda Blair's stunt double Eileen Dietz in face makeup and in the Exorcist version they made in 2000 they started using CGI to pop this everywhere it was ridiculous I saw that in the theater but more on that on another episode, and of course the omen right Damien uh 666 on the head you know we probably all saw that and and you know there were more movies influenced by that and they continue to be made to this day like even hereditary is kind of like that um but what's interesting is so that's the satanic angle right but the other thing is this whole idea that subliminal advertising subliminal messages are possible right that this is a thing that we that actually is real that if we see something subliminal, it will influence us. Right. And this all goes back to this guy, James Vickery, who he was a guy who had this marketing company and he started using subliminal. Uh, he did some studies in movie theaters. And what he would do is he would show like fucking, he would show the movie and he would just flash like Cokes and popcorn and shit. Like, cause obviously there's 24 frames per second and he would just flash a popcorn. And then he, he did these studies where he did controlled studies and he noticed that when he did that, like 50% more people bought popcorn or 75% people bought more Cokes. And so it was like this thing where he had this company and he would sell this idea and these little clips that he would put in movies to people. Right. But what's funny is when people tried to duplicate his studies, they couldn't. And eventually he had to admit he was a total fraud that none of this stuff worked. Right. And that this was actually a fraud. And you've probably seen this too. Jeff. I don't know if you remember like magazine ads where they would show like a drink with ice cubes and then you would zoom in on it and you would see the word like sex written in the, I don't know if you remember that. Yeah. Vaguely being a
0: thing. Vaguely. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So, I mean, what's stupid is if you wanted to sell booze, you and you wanted to use sex to sell it, just have a chick with big tits holding a, a,
0: a drink. Like, why yeah, that. would you the, the age old yeah, thing it works well? Yeah, why would you write right? sex and an ice cube? Yeah, it makes no sense. I know. Well, I, I mean, look, it's, it's all these things where all these psychological games also keep in mind, as we were talking about in our Twilight Zone episode, where the kind of art and science of psychology was coming much more to the fore. Um, in sort of the Mad Men era, right? So post-World War II, into the 60s, there was just a lot more focus on on psychology and and psychologists and the ability to influence. And of course, that found its way into advertising. And when advertising became such big business, um, again, sort of the Mad Men era and and later, how to manipulate people is always like, well, there's a magic button that we can hit that will just make people empty their wallets and you know, buy whatever shit we're selling. So it's not surprising at all. I mean, it's still being done to this day, but it's a lot of these things are just largely discredited. And to your point. Some of it
2: works. I think some of it works, but yeah, there were these Freudians all of a sudden coming to the picture and they're like, what about the subconscious and the id? You know, how can we appeal? But obviously advertising does work, but I don't think it works because people are putting hidden messages there. I think it's because because of overt messages that we just react to.
0: Well, it's like uh, to quote Al Bundy, you know, he says, "Ugly women make us drink beer, beautiful women make us buy beer," kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. So he says it reversed.
2: That's, that's
0: <laughs> <laughs> dude <laughs>
2: might get into trouble for that one. Um, well, that's Al Bundy hey, that, saying Al Bundy that. Said that, not us. Not us. Um, at any rate, so so yeah, so again, this is the whole question of whether this stuff could possibly work, or even if it's intentional or not, which we'll get to. You know, is is one of the things in the history, and then the other history, of course, is the devil. You know, playing a role in music, right? Um, obviously, this dates back to the whole, you know, maybe it dates back to earlier classical pieces and stuff. Um, you know, obviously is accused
0: of being, uh, you know, th- possessed by the devil because of his uh, incredible ability to play the violin. So he was. Oh, there you go. So, so, weird, so yeah, it
2: goes yeah. back even further, right? Yeah, 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 and, it, totally. and it's like. You know, and obviously there's like the whole triad, you know, the the devil's tone or whatever they call it. Um, but, you know, obviously in modern music, it dates back to the blues with Robert Johnson and the whole mythology that he sold his soul to the devil and the crossroads, you know. Um, But but even so, uh, you know, I'd say in more modern, you know, we start with the Beatles, of course. I mean, obviously, there's the devil, you know, with Elvis Presley and his influence. But as far as overly satanic uh, kind of the the overly satanic thing, I think it really starts with the Beatles and uh, the backmasking thing kind of starts with them, too. Um, But but really, there's that whole thing of, you know, one of the things that people do, the Christians do in reaction to all this, all this Satanism and music is burning record burning. And I think one of the first times that really happened, you know, it may have happened in the fifties with Elvis, but obviously John Lennon had that quote in 1966, where he said the Beatles were bigger than Jesus. He was trying to say they were popular, but of course people took offense to this. in in the South, he was forced to apologize. They were having record burnings of Beatles records. Um, it's probably actually true that, <laughs> You know, maybe maybe they were, you know, but he was just trying to make a statement on their magnitude, and he yeah. just offended all these people, and they just were just reacting against by burning Beatles records.
0: <laughs> people,
2: and obviously the figure of Aleister Crowley crops up again on Sergeant Pepper. He's one of the people on the Sergeant Pepper cover, um, and of course Christians love to point this out. Uh, the Rolling Stones, obviously, sympathy for the devil. Now we mentioned that that's more of an allegory, but again, it it does talk about Lucifer and Satan and manipulating politics in the world. Um, and then of course their association with Kenneth Anger, who was a a filmmaker who was uh, a Satanist supposedly, although again, one of these kind of um, almost uh, provocateurs
0: yeah.
2: uh, who was making a lot of overtly gay films and uh, Scorpio rising. And then he made Lucifer rising, uh, which is, you know a goofy short film that also involved Jimmy Page for a while. Um, but anyway, so they were associated with him, and then of course, there's the album Goathead Soup, uh, the goat being the mendy's goat being a satanic symbol that you can see all over Slayer and Venom t shirts, etc. Uh, and if you look at the uh inner sleeve of Goathead Soup, it has this goathead soup with a satanic goat, right? And they have Dancing with Mr. D on there, the devil, and of course. You know, the whole Altamont thing is associated with this, too. And
0: what about Mr. You Brownstone? Know. No, that's dancing. That's a different. Oh, Mr.
2: Brownstone. <laughs> yeah. You've been dancing with Mr. Brownstone.
0: Yeah. All but right. That's
2: that's more of a drug dealer, right? Yeah. Yeah. We'll get to them. <laughs> we'll get to those fuckers. <laughs> um anyway uh okay jimmy page we got to talk about jimmy page obviously and this is going to be a big section of the kind of discussion because we got to talk about stairway to heaven which is the most famous of all of these um but of course jimmy page was really into alistair crowley he was so into him that he actually bought his house bullskin house and that's where he brought his like fucking 12 year old girlfriends and shit um but anyway come on she was 14 (laughs) 14 yeah uh anyway so, uh, yeah, he brought his 14 year old girlfriend there and whatever, but he also formed like a publishing company briefly. And he published a couple of like, he published an Alistair Crowley book and another astrology book. And he actually had a magic bookstore, like an occult bookstore. And he said, the only reason he did this was just so he could get the books. Cause he was really into this. And if you read about it, he's like into it in a very intellectual level. And it's just something he, as a kid, he got into and he was just really into it. So Obviously, you know, Led Zeppelin Four, which of course uh, famously includes Stairway to Heaven, has you know its title is these four symbols, which was associated which were associated with each of the members. These are actually occult symbols. Zoso is from some old occult book. And of course, that was Jimmy's symbol, and he had that all over his clothing and shit. So he was really into this. So there is again, you know, with the backwards Aleister Crowley and you know him being into it, there is some logic to some of this. Uh, we'll talk about whether it makes sense in the end, but there is some, you know, it's not totally beyond the pale to assume there is some, uh, you know, occult uh, influence in Led Zeppelin, but we'll we'll talk about that more. Uh, Black Sabbath. So Black Sabbath, my friend Bob always had an interesting quote about Black Sabbath. He said, they're not satanic, they're Catholic. <laughs> and the reason he said this is because if you listen to Black Sabbath and they sing about the devil, and even Mr. Crowley, it's from a point of fear. Yeah. They're not like Black Widow where they're like Satan's they're like oh no, you know Satan laughing spreads his wings, oh no please god help me, you know in the yeah. song Black Sabbath. Um and they sing about lord of this world, you know, but it's all negative. It's all the devil is there, they believe in the devil, but they're not advocating for the devil. Yeah. They're actually they're actually scared of the devil in other words. So, uh, you know, Iron Maiden, you know, obviously has no- the famous Number of the Beast, which, of course, is 666. But again, because it's Iron Maiden, it's based on a sci-fi book, uh, Robert Heinlein's Number of the Beast. It has nothing to do or only tangentially to do with the devil. Um, it's in as far as that book has to do with the devil. It's it's Iron Maiden f- famously write so many fucking songs about books and movies, right? Yeah. I mean they have like to tame a land which is about dune. You know, i have quest for fire. Yeah. You know, um uh, they sing about World War II and history and books, right? Yeah. They're
0: very it's little The Trooper the is, you know, the the uh I think with the French war, the French Russian war, is it a Napoleonic perhaps even yeah it's like yeah.
2: Napoleonic era yeah. history. Yeah so so yeah. really they're all about educating people you know they're not yeah. about uh the devil uh in so far i mean they're into the imagery and it's part of their act you know obviously yeah. I, when i saw them they and they did number the beast this had this huge inflatable devil guy in the background it was fucking yeah. i'll just say it was fucking awesome yeah. you know
0: but anyway well and plus uh, just have to say one of the greatest albums ever made so
2: yeah it, it might be it might be it's uh i think it might be my favorite i i go back and forth though so tough with iron maiden again more on that later folks we we would definitely be covering maiden
0: yeah
2: we just don't i think with maiden it's tough like what do you do do you do an album do you do the whole discography i mean it's like we could do an album more
0: because i think i might anyway let's do
2: an album more it's done it's coming up people so get ready um in any rate, okay. Now we should talk about the bands that are overtly satanic, that make no yeah. bones about their Satanism and whether this is for shock value or they really believe whatever. Here we go. Osmonds, Black Widow, obviously. Oh, no,
0: you're not gonna talk about the Osmonds. All right.
2: Not gonna talk about what?
0: The Osmonds. Oh, Donnie the Osmonds.
2: Mur- yeah, that's a different, that's a different episode. Okay. We might need to do the Osmonds, dude. There's some interesting shit about them, I will say um uh, but you're saying black widow black widow coven right we mentioned yeah. those uh obviously king diamond <laughs> right and merciful fate jeff slapping <laughs> the thing about king diamond is what what i remember one show he was on he was on there was a actually you can probably find this on youtube he was on some european like danish uh tv show or something and he is part of a panel where they have a priest and they have king diamond and he's there and his fucking crazy makeup or whatever. And the priest is talking about how King Diamond's music is satanic, which it is. He makes no bones about being a Satanist and all that. But again, it's for this provocative kind of controversial shock value. And what's funny is King Diamond said to the priest, he's like, we sing about killing people. You guys actually did it. Yeah. So, I mean, that's something to remember too. I mean, you know, (laughs) Let's say that the church has a lot to answer for with the Inquisition and the massive, uh, you know, talk about a satanic cabal of, of pedophiles. I mean, there mm. was the Catholic Church. So, yeah. um, or there is rather.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's still happening. Probably. There you go. By the way, on King Diamond, I just got to say, on the best show, the funniest line of Tom Sharpling ever is he's talking about how the demon, I forget who it was now. I should probably remember this, but the demon left somebody and then went to King Diamond. Do you remember that? Like we were you no, just talking about. Like, no, anyway. but
2: that's, yeah, <laughs> that's funny. At any rate, Another. So other stuff, of course, is Venom, which are almost like a comedy band. They're so overtly satanic. It's almost funny. And we'll have a clip from them later. Uh, Bathory, which is a guy who was very influential on black metal. And, you know, he's got all kinds of satanic imagery. Uh, Celtic Frost, you know, obviously their album Two Megatherian has an H.R. Giger painting of like a like a giant hands holding a christ like kind of a slingshot image it's kind of controversial i would say and then you have slayer right the the one that probably everybody thinks of um and again slayer is kind of that thing where they sing about it as subject matter but i'm not sure they're advocating for it or just kind of saying the world is terrible and it's whatever. It's hard to say. Um, Deicide, the guy, the lead, lead guy of deicide. I forget his name is overtly satanic. It's called deicide after all. And then of course you have black metal, you have mayhem, Burzum, emperor, all that stuff. Um, At any rate. And some of that stuff is just like, we don't want to talk about, you know, we're pagan. You know, we sing about like the ancient Norse gods and shit, you know, there's all these metal, splinters. I mean, there's even a band called Nile where they sing about like Egyptian gods. You know, it's almost like an HP Lovecraft like shit. So the metal's gone in all kinds of directions.
0: I gotta say you left out somebody very important. Who did I leave out? Steely Dan. Oh yeah. So first of all, drink. But second, they have a song called God Whacker about, um, you know, hitmen going after and killing God. So, wow. Yeah. Oh, that's on. Isn't that on like the last album? Yeah. Everything must go. I think so. That's the one I've never listened to. Yeah. So I've listened to,
2: I listened to the one before I just couldn't deal, but anyway, that's another episode, but again, drink up because actually you're going to be drinking against we're going to mention them again. Um, at any rate. Okay. Now we're finally into the history of back masking and, I would say there are early examples. There's like some 50 songs. Sorry. I didn't get this down where there's intentional backward masking with the message. Uh, obviously one of the biggest ones is the Beatles with the song rain. Now there's no message, but John Lennon just added it for a psychedelic touch and there's also back masking in tomorrow never knows. Um, so this is, um, you know, uh, obviously intentional, Uh Frank Zappa has a couple of backmasking messages in his early work. Again, this is more just from an artsy standpoint. Um, Iron Maiden, Still Life, you mentioned. Yeah, on uh, right? Peace of Mind, I'll be playing that later. ELO has yeah. a couple. Uh, th- there's one song, instrumental, mostly instrumental song called Fire on High, which most people will know from the Wide World of Sports theme that was used. Um, and uh, there is some backmasking in that. And, of course, Pink Floyd you know, the, the message on uh, the wall, right? Empty and, spaces.
0: I'll be playing that later as well. Okay.
2: We'll be, we'll be playing that. Now there are unintentional backmasking. We'll talk about why that is or whether those actually happen uh, or exist. Um, and of course, one of the faint, most famous things with this is the Beatles, right? So revolution number nine famously says, turn me on dead, man. And this is one of the many, this could probably be its own episode. One of the many uh, indicators that Paul actually died in 1969 and was replaced by some kind of robot or clone. And this was a controversy that was started by a guy who called a Detroit radio station in the early seventies. And had all this evidence, there's evidence on Abbey Road, there's evidence on, you know, uh, uh, Sergeant Peppers. It's all pretty insane stuff and pretty yeah, much not. You meant evidence
0: in air quotes, right? Not really. I yeah, mean.
2: evidence in air quotes, meaning yeah. someone basically took a bunch of not, uh, disparate kind of album cover things and made them, you know, it's fun. It's fun, it's ridiculous. But again, this is, this is another thing that you use backward masking. Obviously, Stairway to Heaven, uh, Judas Priest, we're going to be talking about more, uh, the famous court case, uh, Queen, in the song, Another One Ru- uh, Bites the Dust. I almost said Another <laughs> One Rides the Bus, so you can drink, because I'm probably going to do that every time we mention that song. <laughs> Weird Al, we'll be talking about him later. But Queen, Another One Bites the Dust, famously says, it's fun to smoke marijuana. Uh sure. And this one kind of took me by surprise, Neil Young. Jeff, I didn't know if you had heard of this one. On Cinnamon Girl, if you play it backwards, it says uh Stephen Stills can eat a bag of dicks. I didn't, you know. <laughs> that, that must be where I got that from. So. <laughs> Sorry, that's a reference to another episode. Uh, you know, if you guys had heard it, it's yeah, a, that's
0: our the Credence episode. Uh, the Credence episode, goodness. right?
2: Which uh, aired recently. Uh that's a joke. That doesn't actually exist. But this one is real, okay? Mr. Ed theme yeah. supposedly. <laughs> The famous Mr. Ed, you know, that theme, if you play it backwards, it has satanic messages in it. So this is how dumb these fucking Christians can be. Uh, Now, there are intentional backward masking messages, which are a direct response to this phenomenon. You know, as soon as uh, televangelists started pointing out that Stairway to Heaven backwards was satanic, of course, Venom had to jump in the fray and I'll be playing them later. Uh, Judas Priest actually has some explicit ones after this whole controversy a uh, prince has one uh i believe it's at the end of darling nikki mm. uh, which of course is a famous P- anti you know pmrc target because yeah. of masturbating with the magazine but it's all about god coming you know prince's religion is a whole different episode um and then weird Owl, which we'll be playing so at any rate uh so televangelists uh, you know, again, is another part of the history of this, right? So we had in the late 70s, people starting to point out that Stairway to Heaven backwards had messages. And of course, I mentioned my personal story of the Kevin Cronin-like uh, all-dressed-in-white priest. Um, and of course, Trinity Broadcasting Network had a whole series of shows, including a show about he-Man and She-Ra and how that was satanic. And we also heard the clip of the other that, televangelists talking about Teletubbies. There's multiple Stairway to Heaven clips you can find on YouTube. People but are still the way, doing this shit, the, by the way. The,
0: uh, hang on. The she thing, I think was out on the assault video.
2: Yeah, it's on the Assault video as well, which is a video put together by the Amok Bookstore that Jeff, uh, we've talked about in previous episodes. We talked about it in the Nirvana episode, but that clip is on there too. And you can find that whole thing on YouTube, but that was part of, it was originally broadcast on Trinity Broadcasting Network.
0: Yeah, that's right. The Assault video we talked about with the Card Sharks game in our game show episode as well.
2: So the other thing that really surprised me while looking into this was that there was actually federal and state laws about they were basically anti-backmasking laws that were passed or that were attempted to be passed right so in 1982 uh there was a um federal you know that the house of representatives resolution from bob dornan who's a very famous kind of extreme right-wing representative who was in orange county when i was growing up there um to Basically, he had this law that said there had to be warning labels that subliminal messages were on this record mm-hmm. um, that that did not pass. Um, but in 1983, there was a California assembly bill that did pass. And this made it legal for record companies and bands to be sued for invasion of privacy. If backward masking or back masking messages were detected. I Is
0: that bad of an album, that Rat album. No, this is something different. What um, they the, you could sue for listening to invasion of your privacy? And- Holy <laughs> oh, shit, dude. <laughs> You'll be sued if you listen
2: to Lay It Down. By the way, if you haven't heard our rat episode, go check that out. But anyway, uh yeah, I had that in quotes. So but it, I just thought invasion of privacy was such a funny uh kind of Way to spin that, you know? It's like, oh, my privacy was invaded because they tried to, you know, manipulate my mind with the back backmasking message. Mm-hmm. And in 1983, uh, an Arkansas state legislature bill was passed that mandated a warning sticker on albums with backmasking, uh, but it was be- vetoed by then Governor Bill Clinton. Mm. So anyway, yeah. He was... By the way, if you play that, you know, that speech Bill Clinton has where he says, I feel your pain. Mm-hmm. If you play that backwards, it says it actually says, I feel your breasts. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little known fact. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, court cases. So so the other thing is, uh, of course, so this is a real thing. This is why we're dealing with this, right? Backmasking, you know, it's it's legislations being passed. People are taking this so seriously. But there are actually court cases. Right. And um, the first one in 1984 was a uh, lawsuit on behalf of John Daniel McCollum, who had committed suicide uh, while listening to the Aussie song Suicide Solution. I don't think this was backmasking. This was more like, oh, well, suicide is a solution. But of course, jokes on him because suicide solution, solution meaning liquid, is about alcohol. It's not about suicide. So anyway, jokes on you john daniel mccollum of course uh you know the other influence of satanism in music was richard ramirez we talked about him on our uh acdc episode and of course acdc for those of you don't know who don't know uh stands for antichrist devil's child (laughs) so just thought i'd clear that up by the way kiss knights in satan's service yeah so all these bands you know coming up with a name you know, it's like it wasn't just looking at a sewing machine and seeing the power indicator and thinking, "Hey, that's a cool name." They actually really thought about it and thought, "What can we? What initials can we use to uh, to really lure these kids in?" And I, I mean, wh-
0: okay, up? so hang on, like Knights and Satan Service. They're like, if you're the devil and you have all this power, wouldn't you have better emissaries than Paul Stanley <laughs> wearing green, <laughs> fucking pink, you know, chiffon and gloves and stuff and Assless chaps and all the other—I like, <laughs> I, I mean, come on! Like, wouldn't you have a, a more, more intimidating and more convincing agents of evil than fucking Paul Stanley and Gene Simmons? I mean, Gene Simmons looks like the devil. I could see that, but wouldn't the devil look like a beautiful man or a beautiful woman to lure people in? Not look like my ball sack like Gene Simmons. Like, I don't know. This doesn't yeah. seem very.
2: Well, the devil works in mysterious ways, my friend. I so guess. I'll just leave it at that. Uh, another case in the 80s, very famous was the Ricky Casso case. So Ricky Casso was a guy who murdered another guy. And he supposedly it was kind of a drug related thing. But of course, he was into the devil. And the the, the book that it's based on that, that talks about the case, I have it somewhere. It's a paperback. It's a piece of shit true crime books say you love satan because that's what ricky casso made the guy say uh before he killed him and now of course the most famous of these cases which actually went to court is the christmas 1985 double suicide attempt by reno teens james vance and raymond belknap uh who shot themselves with a 12 gauge shotgun after listening to Judas Priest's album Stained Class, that's a good album. So,
0: Why would they do yeah, that? Yeah,
2: they had really good taste. I mean, I mean, these kids could have been listening to fucking Turbo Lover what. Actually, no, that <laughs> wasn't out by 85. I think Turbo is 86. I don't remember, but they could have been listening to, you know, much worse metal than yeah. Stained Class, which is, you know, that's someone who's really deep into the metal listening to that. But anyway, they listened to this and. Uh, Belknap was killed, and Vance was severely injured. And there's a documentary that was aired on public television that you can find on YouTube, and it's pretty disturbing to watch because uh, Vance's face is completely destroyed. Um, and he actually ended up killing himself not too long after this uh, because he was in so much pain, and his just life was ruined, you know. Yeah. But anyway, uh, there is an actual song that kind of could be called about suicide, called "Hero's End." on stained class. But the thing that supposedly made them do this and the thing that Judas Priest was sued over was a backward message in the song Better by You Better Than Me, which isn't even a Judas Priest song. It's a cover by the band Spooky Tooth. And so that's kind of funny. But supposedly Halford is breathing in or something, or there's a cymbal crash that says do it backwards. And we'll be playing that later. But that's kind of the most famous, uh, you know of these of these backward masking things and judas priest did win the case but but they actually called him an expert and we'll be playing a clip of that a little bit later um okay so now kind of the discussion so jeff feel free to jump in on any of the shit i have quite a lot of material here so first off what we're going to do is we're going to listen to mr eric holmberg who i mentioned in my personal history because he's going to kind of explain how all this works like are these intentional are these unintentional Who is actually creating these messages? So, number two, that it's just an accident, a quirk of musical fate. Well, not only are the mathematical probabilities of this absurd, but the fact that virtually every example of this type of backmasking conveys a message that is intrinsically demonic, even further disproves this hypothesis. Really, the only workable explanation is our third choice, that it's spiritual that outside intelligent forces with supernatural power are occasionally able to play an artist, much like we would play a musical instrument. Yeah. So there you go. So some of these may be intentional, but really there's someone else behind the uh, control board. You know, I, I would say every Led Zeppelin album, you know, that says produced by Jimmy Page is really Co-produced oh, by Satan. Yeah. And that's whose hand is involved. I think or that's Jimmy what Buffett Eric Holmberg would, is trying to tell us.
0: To make a mistake, that would be <laughs> produced by the devil, right? Yeah. Yeah,
2: exactly. Um, at any rate, okay, stairway to heaven. Let's just jump right into this because stairway to heaven is the ultimate example of this, it's the most notorious one. And where this started was sometime in the 70s. Uh, Christians just started randomly playing records backwards, or something, or maybe maybe the demonic message reached them and they figured, you know, let me play this backwards and see if there's something here. And it was really started in 1981. Uh, I guess the the most the 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 one documented case we have of someone mentioning this is this Michigan mis- minister Michael Mills who called into a radio station or show christian show and basically talked about what the message was of this of this record um but we have a little clip here of the tbn commentary that i mentioned that i'd seen when i was a kid so let's play that now
1: i'm going to fast forward now and you can kind of get a feel for the song very mellow you know almost pretty very interesting guitar i I noticed one little Phrase here, cause you know sometimes words have two meanings. Right. That's in the second verse there. I, that really caught my and attention. And I think you know, we've proved that tonight. Revolution number nine, number nine has has turned me on. Dead man backwards, mm-hmm. two meanings. Uh, other pieces in here. There's a feeling I get when I look to the west. And in medi- uh, medieval times, the west was the direction of hell, because that's where the sun died. In the west, sun was born in the east. That was the direction of heaven. There's a feeling I get when I look to the West and my spirit is crying for leaving. Uh, and I'll read the last verse for you. Cause it's very interesting. It says, and as we wind on down the road, our shadow's taller than our soul. There walks a lady. We all know who shines white light and wants to show how everything still turns to gold. And if you listen very hard, the tune will come to you at last when all are one and one is all to be a rock and not to roll,
0: which followed the greatest guitar solo ever.
1: Yeah, oh,
2: exactly. But uh, you know, the the, the thing is was stairway to heaven, yeah, the the I think one of the things is that the forward lyrics have some stuff that if you were looking at this from a extreme Christian perspective, and um, you know, you see because two words can have two meanings, so obviously a forward meaning and a backward meaning, there's also a lyric the says the Piper will lead us to reason. And, of course, I've seen some Christian guys talk about how the piper is pan. And, of course, what's pan? Pan is just it's the Greek god of I don't know what he's the Greek god of music. And he basically, um, you know, he's basically playing his pipe or whatever, uh, you know, and 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 leading on, so the pipe pipe are leading you to hell, essentially. Wait, so so
0: Zamfir, Zamfir, the master of the pan flute, is an agent. <laughs> <of the devil. laughs> yeah, Zamfir is
2: kind of satanic, right? Yeah. Um, but there's also like you know these kind of, you know, weird stately kind of pagan british lyrics like spring Clean for the may queen and bustle in your hedgerow and all this but there's also still time to change the road you're on so if you're going to heaven you can still change the road and go to hell where the party is i guess but anyway that's kind of the the i can see the basis for some of this for a christian looking at this but again i think these lyrics are meant to just be kind of evocative and you know, the imagery, it's a weird song, you know, buying a stairway to heaven. I mean, it's, it's, it's um, kind of meaningless in a way, but, but anyways, it's,
0: yeah, again, It's again, all, ever. You, can, you can sort of buy forgiveness and, you know, all, you know, you can buy forgiveness for your sins by making donations and all that kind of stuff too. You're buying your pathway to heaven, even if you are a sinner in this world. Right. Anyway, I don't know.
2: Okay, so now uh I you know, uh, we have this clip from Simon Singh. So Simon Singh's this author who wrote this great book called The Code book that I love that's all about cryptography and stuff and uh, but he talks about there's a couple of guys, there's also Michael Shermer who talks about this who's a, who's a you know, kind of the leader of he's like the editor of Skeptic magazine and stuff looking into this whole backward masking thing. So Simon Singh is, is explicitly going to talk about Stairway to heaven.
1: Here we go. All right, <laughs> For the my The with that first hour at You get this is the crucial question. Hands up if you heard the word Satan. Okay, that's a good. That's a good couple of dozen. If you heard the word Satan, that's great. Um, now, hands up if you heard the words. Here's to my sweet Satan. The one whose little path would make me sad, whose power is Satan, oh, he'll give you, he'll give you 666. There was a little tool shed where he made us suffer sad Satan. Hands up if you heard that.
2: (laughs) So yeah, and he goes on to say that, of course you didn't hear that until I, now, but if I, and then he plays it again and says who can hear it now? And of course they can hear everything. It's that same experiment that Craig did back in the day where we were talking about, he would play that and see what people could hear. But my thing about this, with all this backmasking stuff, is who the fuck came up with the tool shed of torture? Yeah. Like, what the fuck is that? Like, like... To me, this kind of shows how fucking sick these fundamentalist Christians are. That's their imagination coming up with a tool shed for torturing people like there's no tool shed. And, you know, it's like it's like you can only hear that if you know what it's supposed to say. But obviously they're trying to come up with a whole. And if you watch it, there's a YouTube video, Stairway to Heaven Backwards, and it has a whole thing and even more ludicrous lyrics come up you know obviously there's a lot of gaps because there's a lot of musical breaks and stairway to heaven you know it's a long song but like to me this kind of gets to the essence of this is that who's the sick depraved person here is it jimmy page and robert plant writing a song or is it the guy who comes up with a fucking tool shed for
0: torturing us exactly (laughs) you know i couldn't agree more yeah
2: so anyway, back to Jimmy Page and Crowley. So obviously I mentioned Jimmy Page and Crowley, you know, the backward masking and all this. But they're, but you know, obviously Eddie Kramer, you know, who famously brought us Kiss Alive, he was probably the person really responsible for most of that. Uh, also in was an engineer on most of the Led Zeppelin records, which by the way, you know, what a fantastic job. These records are some of the best produced records of all time. You listen to them, they still sound great. Of course we'll get to led zeppelin eventually um but eddie kramer says this is totally dumb and utterly ridiculous why would we spend so much time studio time doing something so dumb yeah, pretty <laughs> much. again with the whole idea of like subliminal messaging not being proven to work at all and the fact that you know of course eric holmberg has a response to that which is that you guys didn't do it you know next to you was the little demon little little uh Prankster Satan doing all this. Sitting on their shoulder, telling them to do this. Yeah, Exactly. Yeah, And Robert Plant says, to me, it's very sad because Stairway to Heaven was written with every best intention. And as far as reversing tapes and pulling messages at the end, that's not my idea of making music. So at any rate, there you go. Yeah. To which, uh, you know, obviously TBN says, fuck you, Percy. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. All right, so I wanted to talk a little bit about Hotel California. Let, I don't think Hotel California. George, yes. I don't think Hotel California has any backward messages, but there are some interesting myths around it and Satanism, right? Because obviously, Hotel California's lyrics have some references that Christians have interpreted to be about satanic messages. Now, I remember that the Afro priest, the Kevin Cronin of of uh, backward masking or backmasking showed us the gatefold of hotel california because there is a figure so the gatefold of hotel california is of course the beverly hills hotel it's got a bunch of figures in there you know it's a very famous gatefold and in the in one of the shots there uh, uh there's um kind of a some little openings uh on the upper floor and there's a figure you can see kind of a scary figure there and everyone has said this is anton Levey that they mm-hmm. got anton Levey to appear now, it's not the Eagles have said that they it's actually a woman and it's very blurry. You can't really see it. Yeah, but this is proven this. proven yeah. to be false. Right. Yeah. So obviously there are some lyrics, though. In Hotel California and people have said, well, Hotel California is the name of the Satan Church of Satan, mm. that that's what Anton LaVey called it. This is completely false. There is no evidence of this. Uh, there is no evidence that the Beverly Hills Hotel has anything to do with Satanism. Just hedonism, uh, mostly.
0: Most, huh? Just hedonism, mostly. Yeah, hedonism, Satanism.
2: exactly. And and again, that's kind of what the song is about, right? hmm But, you know, obviously there's, you can check out anytime you like, but you can never leave. This could be heaven or this could be hell, Right. Christians Mm -hmm. say that's probably hell. Uh, There is also the lyric, which we know what it is about. Yes, you stab it with their steely knives, but you still can't kill the beast. Obviously, that's getting back at Steely Dan for their jab at the Eagles in uh, what is that song? I know what you did.
0: Everything you did on everything you did. Right. Turn up the eagles and neighbors are listening is the right
2: job at the eagles. yeah. And they got back at them with steely knives. But of course, you can't kill the beast, which is Satan. Um, And then we haven't had that spirit here since 1969. Christians are very quick to point out that 1969 is the year that what happened? Of course, the Satanic Bible was written.
0: Oh, well,
2: yeah. (laughs)
0: now not, the eagles the of course thought about else, all yeah. of
2: this As a matter of fact they must have had a seance you know uh to to come up with these magical lyrics but anyway it's all bullshit there is no uh truth to any of it so just so you know thank you now getting back to the judas priest court case so uh the prosecutors of the uh judas priest court case hired it was a reno nevada is where this happened they hired an audio engineer named william nickloth the biggest little So town now we're going to hear some testimony from him
0: the biggest little town on earth isn't it that reno's reno Angela. yeah isn't it is like the biggest little town something like that i don't know yeah maybe there's a lot of whorehouses there too anyway go ahead <laughs> all right here we go <laughs> I heard the word do it, the words do it, but I didn't understand in what context or why it was there. I identified approximately seven of them, it's very difficult because it is uh, at subliminal level. Do you hear that? Do I heard it. A, lot of, a bunch of noise is what I
2: heard. Now, knowing what we know about Rob Halford, maybe the do it is true but it means something else.
0: Yeah, like exciter. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways.
2: Okay. So, all of of course that's all ridiculous. I can hear the do its when I know when they're supposed to, it's like do it, do it. But <laughs> so stupid. Do it's- it could mean anything and obviously, you know, i don't know it's it's really really silly and it's ridiculous that so much so many resources were wasted for a court case like this i agree at any rate yeah so let's move on to the intentional shit i've got a few clips of intentional messages so what we're going to do is for each one we're going to play it forward and backward and this one is from 1975 uh uh, it's called Fire on High The ins- It's mostly instrumental This is ELO So first you're going to hear it forward Then you're going to hear it backward
1: The music is reversible But time Turn back Back. Turn back. Turn back.
2: <laughs> yeah, pretty cool. Yeah. So, so that's, uh, you know, obviously just for effect. Now, I mentioned we're going to play a couple more, and I mentioned that, you know, to parody this whole thing you know we had laws we had tv specials on this we had all kinds of satanic panic in order to kind of get back at this we had a few people kind of react to this so the first one is from weird al so we're going to hear it forward and then we're going to hear it backward So of course that's weird. i saying Satan eats cheese. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah, Awesome. Weird, weird Al, by the way, who is, you know, a Christian, he'll tell you he's a believer and is a pretty religious dude, but but not a dumb guy, obviously. Um, no, I didn't know that. Yeah. Well,
2: that's yes. cool. At least that gives me, that gives me uh, some hope for the future. Then if yeah. there are people like weird Al who are, who are Christian yet, obviously extremely cool. Um, All right, so the next one, of course, is Venom. And uh, this one, we're going to hear it forward, and then we're going to hear it backward. This is a longer one, because they've got to get all their message through, obviously. So let's do it. Do it.
0: That's funnier than the weird Al It is. You're gonna crush, crush your, your bones. <laughs>
2: <laughs> right. <Yeah>. They're, they're <laughs> fucking hilarious. I love Venom. Anyway, so though that, that's that's my spiel. Now, as far as my evaluation, is this gonna be a thing? You know, this was a thing of the 80s. It seems very of its time, but I'm my thing is, are you fucking kidding me? There are probably people playing Joe Biden speeches backward as we speak. Chrome, <laughs> Cheese pizza, comet ping
0: pong. Yeah. People are dumb. I dumb mean, history. dude,
2: there are people looking at these Q drops that are just interpreting them in all kinds of ludicrous ways that believe JFK Jr. is alive. I mean, of course they're backward ma- back masking and masking and listening to these things. I mean, it's like... People are looking for all kinds of bullshit when, you know, I mean, it's just insane to me. Uh, it, it's just, I think it's going to continue forever. And I think with the internet and, you know, other venues for looking at secret messages and patterns that aren't there, uh, this is going to continue forever. And obviously, you know, the sa- whole idea of a satanic panic and paranoia and vilifying the other side, it's never going to fucking end. Um I have no hope for the future, I'll just say that. But Weird Al gives me hope. Weird Al is kind of the one bright spot here. Uh, But anyway, that's that's kind of my whole spiel on this.
0: Okay, well, let me start off by saying a quote by, one of my favorite quotes by a writer, you may have heard of uh, Gustave Flaubert, French writer. He says, whatever else happens, we shall remain stupid. (laughs) <laughs> uh, which is pretty much my favorite quote ever and, and 100% true. So I, I think that's true about all of this. I, I I guess if you hear, I mean, here's the basic news for me. It's like, if you listen to the parables that are told as part of religious traditions, just pick whatever one you want, they're all equally silly to me. And if you, if one is to believe about burning bushes and think people living in whale stomachs and you know all all of the the usual shit, and people actually think that that's literally true, or the Earth being six thousand years old or whatever that is, if people are willing to believe all that and take all that seriously, then why not believe that this is true too? It's just as ludicrous. So I don't really particularly think that it's the satanist stuff or the the craziness of this. I think people who are willing to believe crazy ass shit. Are willing to believe believe whatever crazy ass shit they're told. Their brains are softened uh up to that way. And that includes even truly ludicrous stuff, not that the burning bush isn't truly ludicrous, but like uh Scientology stuff and you know, all those sorts of things. It's all the same, it's just different words, different eras, different technologies, you know, because the people who are, were writing these parables were from either Iron Age sheep herders or you know, science fiction writers of the 1950s or whatever it is so um i i get that people are saying you know if there's this force of good in god or whatever god like creature there's a force of evil that you just call the devil and the good versus evil thing i think is just a human existence thing that's probably been in, in, true in whatever free forms of religion that have existed since humans could uh, sort of talk and communicate and all that i think it's just a basic part of our uh, psychology, and we just put different names on it at different times. And so, I, I don't think this is going away as long as humans are going to be truly stupid and suspicious natives and all that kind of stuff, which seems to just be how we're wired. Unfortunately, most of our species. Um, I think when you point to people like Ozzy and people like Motley Crue and you know so forth and saying they're agents of the devil. You got to consider the source. You know, are these people? Do they really have an agenda, or are they complete morons who are just singing about things (laughs) that just sound like good things to think about? Molly Crew are complete morons. Ozzy is a complete moron. He just is. He really is. Um, I mean, Ozzy at one point in time might have had something interesting to say, but it's been those two thoughts that he's trying to rub together in 1967 have been cast out by like drugs. Um, and alcohol for, you know, the better part of 50 plus years. Um, so they have nothing interesting to say. Um, and they certainly are not don't have any, you know, hidden agenda, in, in my opinion. Um, I think that the, the biggest fear is that people who are mentally ill or really susceptible to doing bad things. will use this as an excuse to do bad things. I, I think that if you wanted to point to things in society that are more likely to negatively influence people to do harmful things to themselves or others, I actually think there's more substantive things to talk about. Like, for example, video violent video games, um, which I don't necessarily think should be banned or anything like that. But I do think that, you know, these kind of photo real 3D games where people are just conditioning themselves to shoot things and shoot at people and you know, all those sort of that to me probably softens people's brains up more than hearing, you know, Nikki Six with his, you know, bullshit at the you know beginning of Shout at the Devil in the beginning. You know, all that kind of, you know, the street for running wild with kids doing bad stuff and stealing guitars or, you know, whatever it is. So, again, I, I think there are other things to be uh, more concerned about. I do think there are a lot of holes and kind of weak points in human perception that can be exploited. I don't think it's by subliminal messaging. I think it's stuff like, you know, repetitive exposure to really violent things and images Right. for people who are susceptible to that really can have a negative um, impact um, and and so forth. I I just remember just one example. At one point in my life, I played uh, Grand Theft Auto Vice City a lot and, you know, and you, you yeah. know you could just sit there with and sniper off people who are walking by just for fun, and you know you just get bored in video games to start doing that kind of stuff. Well, I mean when the video game experience becomes immersive enough where that almost seems real, yeah, people start to have breaks with reality, especially if they're mentally ill, um, certainly, or if they're doing a lot of drugs or you know that kind of stuff. So again, I, I just think that those are more concerning to me uh, as a as a human on this earth than. Than hearing uh, about the toolshed uh, torture kind of thing, right? Um, lastly, there's a recent Quana uh, a magazine podcast. Um, I can link to it in our show notes, per- perhaps. But it's talking about um, how w- how the brain perceives perceives an imagined experience versus one that actually exper- that they the brain your senses stimuli actually experience. And it really comes down to um kind of the weight of those things on certain pathways on your brain. And again, back to the video uh stuff, back to the you know, virtual reality stuff. You know, if you can trick your brain into thinking that you've really experienced something by, you know, simulating enough of the stimuli, I think those are the kind of things that can have more of a negative influence versus you know, Eddie from Iron Maiden with a devil, you know, dancing around that kind of thing is just absolutely uh, silly to me. I do want to play a couple of um, sound clips. Before you do that, though, I should say that what you're
2: talking about is almost the opposite of this, you know, because it's it's so it's actually something that is so close to reality that it's Uh, it's in your face. It overwhelms your senses. Whereas this, what we're talking about is something that's hidden and subliminal. And, and I think it's been proven Mm. that those things don't really matter. It's the things that are overwhelming the senses rather than trying to get into the subconscious through some backward thing that you can't even hear like the, and again, we even showed that, or we even talked about how just putting in clips that you can actually sort of see, doesn't do anything right James Vickery stuff was fraud but something like virtual reality that mimics reality so closely your mind doesn't even know the difference right so i think that's actually a good point because it's the opposite of this yeah but i do think people are going to continue to believe in this subliminal thing existing and looking for patterns that aren't there because yeah. that's something we often do right yeah.
0: and whatever else happens we shall remain stupid right <laughs> so um I want to play a couple of clips we mentioned before. I want to play, uh, these are both intentional, 100% intentional uh, masking. One is Iron Maiden Still Life from the Peace of Mind album.
1: Uh,
0: and now, backwards. <laughs>
1: What? Ooh, said thing with three bones. Good you understand.
2: okay so did you catch that <laughs> <laughs> don't meddle with things you don't understand like yeah. in a weird patois accent that was yeah really so that <laughs>
0: hey, hey that's pretty good i didn't get that but i first <laughs> so so what is this all right so um the uh it says, Iron, this is what I found on the internet, so I don't know if the uh, background of this is true, but I want to believe this. It says, Iron Maiden was getting really fed up with the American bigots who condemned them as devil worshippers for, like, uh, Number of the Beast. And so they decided to uh, put this on the Peace of Mind album, which was a follow-up album to Number of the Beast. And uh both uh, so there's messages there, and I'll read what they are, and both are by uh Nico McBrain in uh, like a deep Rasta accent. So he is trying to do like a like a Rastafarian type uh accent. And what he says is, and I, I can't do it justice at all, but it says say like what ho si de de which means what the monster said with three heads essentially, and then the second Whoa. is don't meddle with things you don't understand, and then he he ends it by burp, by burping loudly. So that's a belch at the end, which you know respect on that. So um, that and then where did where did that phrase come from? Apparently, there was some British uh, parody show um, that did like goofs uh, seventy in the seventies radio spoofs of uh, making fun of Idi Amin, and there was this actor John Bird who impersonates Idi Amin with like a Ugandan accent that kind of sounded like Rasta. Um, how yeah. explaining how the disappearing Ugandan ministers that Ian was assassinating were being sent to Pluto to sort out the economy there as a kind of goof of why they were uh, disappearing. So anyway, very convoluted, but uh, there you go. That is uh, what you hear. Uh, That's crazy. It. That's like it's like they they put this explicit message
2: in there that even when you hear it forward is completely impossible to understand, except for yeah. that last bit I got. Yeah. But the first part makes no sense. And then you would have to have, this is how fucking intellectual this band is. Like you would have to know some obscure British uh, fucking, fucking comedy show from the seventies to even
0: halfway get this. Yeah.
2: It's pretty awesome. I gotta yeah. say, this is a pretty cool one. Yeah.
0: And then it ends with a belch, which is, you know, the kind of cherry yeah. on top. The next one, of course, is Pink Floyd uh, from the beginning of Empty Spaces on the Wall. Very famous one, you know, and I'll play it and see if you can hear this one. Um.
2: all that i've heard of it before it, yeah. it's it's a little hard to decipher but yeah, it is. you know it's it's quite complicated as well so. yeah
0: so it's uh what he actually says is uh hello looker congratulations you have just discovered the secret message please send your answer to old pink care of the funny farm shall font and then somebody else says hey roger caroline's on the phone and he says okay that's caroline was his wife at the time Speaking of the funny farm, uh that's where Roger Waters <laughs> probably needs to be right now. The, the the man is not well at the moment. Like he very clearly has the lunatic on the grass and has severe brain damage and Roger if you're listening to this, you you need help, buddy because you've just gone off the deep end and you're you need to go take care of yourself and stop being in public and certainly keep your mouth shut because you're sound like a fucking moron. So, anyway, Different uh, topic there. Anyway, my final evaluation uh, is that it's really difficult for me to take all this stuff seriously because it's just at the end of the rainbow here, so stupid. But yet, there are people who do take this seriously, um, and it's not a goof. Um, you know, people get all upset about the Satan stuff, but not about the 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 God stuff. Um, you know, the Jesus God stuff, all the horrible things that you know the jesus of the bible or god of the bible or whatever other religious tradition say to do or what they believe like they don't get upset about that but they get upset about you know the you know satan stuff and you know just kind of strikes me and finally that um you know lots of people apparently do horrible things because satan made them do it but i don't hear a lot of people say you know i was a horrible person. I was going to do bad stuff, but God actually turned me around and made me do all these wonderful things. Like, that doesn't seem to happen a whole lot. Um, it, it's all about the fear and the negativity, but not about the other. And I just kind of want to point to Bill Maher had a great joke about that, about how the guy catching a touchdown, you know, points up at the sky, you know, you know, points to Jesus, you know, or whatever at the sky. But, like, when he drops the ball in the end zone, he doesn't point at the ground like the devil <laughs> made him drop the, the <laughs> football. Yeah. Yeah. Satan so, maybe
2: dropped that pass.
0: Right. Which is, which, which was a great fucking joke and, and hilarious and right along the lines here. So, anyway, basically, I just go back to what I said before about the Gustav uh, Flaubert, you know, quote like, whatever else happens, people shall remain stupid and whatever form that stupidity takes if it's not back back masking, if it's not, you know, all this other kind of stuff, it'll be something else in the kind of modern virtual reality, you know, era. Um, you know, if you want to see evidence of, you know, mass stupidity, you don't need to look at this kind of stuff. You just look at like social media and, and whatnot or the next things to come after that. I don't think humanity is going in a particularly positive direction. And so maybe this sort of stuff will look quaint in comparison to, you know, where we wind up as a society in yeah. this species, you know, 50 years uh, hence. So anyway, that's kind of my my final take there. So. Cool. That's ready? that, I guess. All right. So let's cast out Satan and, and get off the things. <laughs> this has been episode 44. Don't don't do anything bad out there. Go cleanse your palate. Go listen to uh, some Weird owl or something don't do it. Uh, That's the money, sweet lord. Do it.
1: Don't do it. Don't do it.